<laughs> we are Hello. in business now. Awesome. So, welcome back to 26. 26. 26, we can count. 26, bro. We're doing them close um, together, and uh, I still can't count. <laughs> well, I want to get. I also want to get in the habit of making sure that everybody knows to make sure you you check us out on Keep Chug. No, I'm sorry. It's yeah, it's Keep Chugging Yeah, and also we are on Google Podcasts and iTunes Podcasts, whatever that app is going to be. Thanks to Anchor.fm. That's right. And then uh, Instagram and Facebook, of course. Yeah, I mean, right. your, your whole life needs to be keep chugging. If it isn't, um, make it. Yeah, I agree. Um, we're, we're definitely going to overwhelm you with content. Yes, and <laughs> um, uh, penis size. I don't know. I don't know how overwhelming so. that is. I, I mean, underwhelming, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's overwhelming how shockingly small it is. I don't know. I mean, if I have enough time with Photoshop. <laughs> That's true. With Photoshop, could add inches to anything. <laughs> All right. And, and Lord. And Lord knows I need it. <laughs> um, all right, so let's 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 get started with the usual. What have you been listening to this week? You know what, dude? I actually um, went on a big tangent this week on really trying to get out of my element on what I listened to, and okay. I ended up starting listening to Doctor Acula. Dude, I haven't <laughs> I haven't heard of those guys in such a long time since I saw them at Chain Reaction like 10 years ago, I think it was. Oh god. It was a um, long time ago. Yeah, no, I got uh the I picked up the record um something the the greatest party never seen or the the party something like that. Okay. I wasn't impressed. I didn't have a good time with it. Yeah, I don't. I, to be honest, I haven't really even listened to them in a long time. I just remember seeing them at Chain, and mm-hmm. their like keyboards, their sample guy or whatever, got down harder than the rest of the band. Oh god! <laughs> I don't think he was keyboard. I think he was purely just running the samples. Yeah, yeah, I, I noticed that that they do. They have a heavy amount of samples in their music, which I appreciated um, because there were some really obscure movies that they picked out lines from and i was like oh like that's dope but then they get back to the riff and i'm like all right like this is this is okay right yeah yeah i don't know not enough to stick with me no how are you what do you what have you been listening to dude i've been harping on uh this band i guess i'll i'll do what i don't like to do and i'll call them a gent band uh Uh polaris Uh, oh okay they're super sick just super hyped on that part of the reason what Sharp Tone Rising Empire. Oh, okay. They're they're a nuclear um, adjacent band. Ah, okay. I'm gonna so, add that to my cool. list of things to check out. Uh, um, you, the thing with Polaris is I, I I like everything that I hear from them. The problem is nothing ever seems to stick. Yeah, see, and I, you know, again, that's the my favorite part about music being uh, subjective because I don't know what it is because a lot of that, you know, I hate to categorize gent as a genre. It's metalcore. Let's be realistic. Um, it's just super drop tune metalcore, pretty much. I mean, and and <laughs> I, I mean the riffs are a lot less plain. They're a lot more proggy for sure. Um, I think that's what catches me is some of the the riffs that they use are. 
Um, they, they have a periphery feel to them, but tonally, I think they're in a zone where I don't sit there and listen and go, ow, my ears hurt after a while. Cause I get that with periphery, that like mm-hmm. ear fatigue feeling where everything's just like too crispy. I don't know. Just, well, there's, there's always so much in a periphery recording. Right. And there's that too. And I mean, not to say that I can't handle a lot, but I like to really focus on, you know, a, a, a riff and a lead sort of thing. And mm-hmm. like, they've got uh, a riff and like 37 leads and everything else. Yeah. And I'm like, like Fallujah, that band bugs the shit out of me because they oversaturate the fuck out of everything with like effects and all this stuff going on. And it's like, it's cool and all, but I don't know, not my, there's, there's so much to, to take in, in a, in a three to four minute span. Right. Like I like a lot of crazy, you know, technical progressive riffing, but when you, the, the, your degree of technicality is based on how many layers of bullshit you can throw on top of each other. I don't know. That's just not my deal. You know, what's funny is I was actually going to ask you, cause there's a band that I've been kind of not, I wouldn't say digging. I wouldn't say digging yet, but I've been really interested in their, um, production videos they're making of DVDs. Uh-huh. Um, cattle decap has some really interesting production stuff. And you know, and I haven't checked it out. I know that I've heard that they do, and I, I really I need to check that stuff out. They're one of those bands that I really didn't give a chance because I didn't care for the vocalist. Like the vocalist's stylings don't really lean towards anything to me. Right. But um, seeing the guitar player and seeing the bass player work, like they're monsters on their instruments. Right. I mean, they really are. I mean, I I don't know what it is with that band that just never really completely hooked me in. And it's funny because I like a lot of bands that are very similar, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I just couldn't find that like hook. But to admire what the instrumentalists are capable of, that I do. I've watched a lot of those videos, like just playthrough videos and stuff like that. Like, oh, that's cool shit. I think I think you'd appreciate it because there's a, there's a cattle decap guitar playthrough that I went through. Um, just trying to get, you know, my mind out of the usual uh, math corey kind of uh, horror chord area. Right. And he, he was doing stuff that I guess I just never put together in my brain, like just some weird, like sm- sliding noises that are unconventional. And it's just stuff that I think that if you take a minute, look at it, I'll, I'll put it in the link. And and you can take a look, and it's uh, like I said, it, it it just approaches the guitar in a way that's like, oh, you don't have to hit every single note in a in like a perfect. Or it's weird. Like I got, I'll, I'll I'll link it for you. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check it out because I know uh, when I um, um, at the Fortin booth when I saw um, Kyle from Vitriol playing, like he does some mm-hmm. really. I, I mean, I don't know. It was really interesting watching him play because he's one guitarist. They're like a three-piece, and he does vocals, too. And, like, oh, you God. know, they sound so, you know, like, full and, and yeah. you know, technical and stuff. It's all coming from Kyle. And I'm sitting there, and I'm watching him play, and I was like, you know, a lot of the stuff that he does saturates a lot of the stuff. And he's got a lot of interesting stuff that, I don't know, maybe it's not innovative. I don't know. But uh, it, it, dude, it's 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 pretty awesome. So for sure, for the for the same reason. So yeah, there's some guys out there, next level technique that are doing things that are just crazy. So I wanted to I wanted to talk about something um, that came up out of coming out of going to Nam uh, going now two weeks ago, 
and uh, an interview that I just came across uh, this past week, and I wanted to bring it up to you. Okay. So, I don't know if you're familiar with him by name, but the singer from uh, Venom, Kronos? Yeah, I am familiar with him by name. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did an um, interview with Ultimate Guitar. Okay. And he actually said, I'm, I'm looking for the quote exactly for you, but he basically said modern music, is, modern metal specifically, is complete garbage. Um, and he, he specifically, this is, this is why I wanted to talk to you about it because this kind of applies to the transition that you and I are in. Right. Um, he specifically calls out the internet. He says modern, modern metal is garbage specifically because of the internet. Uh, what came with the birth of the internet and all these people making these YouTube channels. I was sitting and watching this one guy and he said, I started a band, I tried to make it with the band for a couple of years, but I wasn't getting anywhere. So I put, I, I put a YouTube channel together and, used, uh, and just used other people's music and other people's ideas, and now I'm able to get the YouTube royalties. And I was thinking about this, I was thinking about that statement, and then I was thinking about Fluff just released a video saying six years ago when he first went to Nam, um, as a YouTube personality, he wasn't even considered uh, special. He wasn't considered anything new. He wasn't. He was like, who's guys that he's friends with now that that constantly send him gear are like, who's this guy? Right. What do you do? Like, wh who cares? Like, why are you? What? What do I care about throwing up demos on YouTube? Six years later, 2019. Everybody's got a fucking YouTube channel right. with demos and gear, and that's something that you know you and I are, are working on going towards with Keep Chugging. Right. Um, I, I mean, do you do you feel like modern metal and the climate has changed so much because of YouTube and 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 YouTube channels and YouTube creator contents that it's ruined modern metal? That YouTube uh, metal guys are just taking other people's songs and putting them on their channel and doing guitar covers, essentially. Um, I and, mean, and building a career that way. I don't know that it's ruined the metal. I mean, you know, um, I'm also not somebody who's against covers, so I don't, maybe I'm the wrong person to answer this question, but um, I think if somebody's taking somebody else's music and covering it and not doing it the right way, um, then you're shitty. Like for example, um, for for Inhuman Atrocities, we do a cover um, of Miscarriage by Black Dahlia. We okay. we paid to have the right to do that cover and put that on our on our album. Now I'll tell you that I, I don't know necessarily. I mean, I guess we sold one earlier, but I don't think that's necessarily why people are buying our stuff because you know, Dahlia's who's Dahlia, whatever, you know, but it, it does help. I mean, and it gives that band, you know, their, uh, you know, their focus. So I don't think it's ruined model modern music. I, I think, I think it, there is a certain degree of complacency because in a certain aspect, it's easier than in, you know, Venom's time. Um, you know, it's 
I, I don't think it's ruined it. I, I don't think it okay. has. I think there's a lot of shit out there that's able to be out there because there is, but there was shit out there before, just it was harder for people to see that shit. So, I mean, you know, it also comes down to, you know, what is his perspective on what does he mean by shit? You know, it's, it's, it's ruined it. I mean, it's ruined it in terms of the experience that I don't think making money as a band is primarily focused on touring anymore as much as it is internet content. And mm-hmm. for 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 an old guy from a different age, I can see that sure. perspective. For you know, a lot of people who have a passion for music, but also have a family and everything else, that's just as high of, if not higher, of a priority than their love for music. It gives mm-hmm. them the ability to be out there. I mean, these unsung, unheard of musicians, you know, that maybe in the '80s and '90s, and you know, maybe even the early 2000s, you know, were just closet musicians. You didn't know who the fuck they were because. How are you going to get out there? Now the internet exists and you can see these people and they can be featured places and stuff like that. So I think in some aspects it's opened a lot of doors and other aspects it's, it's, you know, it's closed them. So I don't think it's crap. I think it's just changed. No, and I can agree. I can, I'll say this. I can agree with most of that because his, I, I, I get his sentiment of, well, if you take these modern bands and you take, I guess he came up in, in, in kind of a weird way where uh, you had to know the members of each band. Like, if you were a right. fan, you knew who the, not only the vocalist was, because usually that was the main person that a lot of people connected with, but you also knew the guitarist, you knew the drummer, you knew the bassist, where his point is, like, if you switch any of those out, like, nobody cares, it's just another player. And, and and I will say, you know, just to go off of that, that that is a good point because a lot of these bands, and for a lot of, uh, you know, most bands, anything, their drummers, good drummers are a dime a dozen. So you have mm. drummers who are in maybe five different bands. Like Shadow mm. of Intent shares a drummer with like three other bands and stuff like that. I know because my yeah. wife follows this uh, like fit girl on Instagram, and she was dating that guy for a long time. Gotcha. Um, yeah, but, like, but also, in, in the, like you said, in the same breath, um, it's very hard, uh, especially, well, I mean, even for me, who, uh, you know, both of us who have been through a lot of bands, it's very hard to find three, four, five guys that are on the same page with you that want to share the same uh, vision you have for music. Um, like you said, guys have families, guys have serious jobs, guys have different priorities. Um, some guys are just shitty. Uh, so it makes it a lot easier to have that responsibility fall on just one person who can write 80, 90% of the material and then program drums. Right. I mean, you know, to, to some degree for, for side stuff, I'm just as guilty of that. I mean, fuck, dude, you can go buy packs of pre-programmed drums based on, you know, whatever drummer, you know, the uh, the guy from Code Orange did the, you know, one for Easy Drummer. Um, Cattle G- Decaps Drummer did the death metal drums, you know, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I mean, you can get these pre-built, like, even if you're not good at programming beats. Like, I'm terrible at programming drums. I can mm-hmm. write to drums, but I'm terrible at programming them, mostly because I'm lazy. Um, <laughs> it's just time-consuming because it's not my instrument. But, um, you know, you can buy this stuff, throw it together on, on, I mean, shit, Gear Gods did it. You know, he did a random roll of numbers and threw together a song based on, you know, 10 different drum packs from Toontrack and mm-hmm. where they fell and then just wrote a song to it. So, I mean, like, 
yeah, you know, you can do a lot of that stuff, and and some of it ends up substanceless. I mean, you could definitely pick up on that, but I think that stuff's not going to go anywhere. So just like in his day, it didn't go anywhere. It's not going to go anywhere now. I mean, you know, Venom came from the tape trading era, you know, where they yeah. had magazines and they would send each other tapes and, you know, stuff like that. So, I mean, this is just a more advanced, faster version of it. But I mean, if you suck, you suck. You're not going to go anywhere. So, I mean, mm. <laughs> yeah, like I said, that was kind of why I wanted to bring it up because it does feel like a, like there definitely is a bit of an antiquated mindset in that where, Oh, you know, that was the old man, like, back in my day, right. uh, talking. But then you hear it from Fluff in the other end of it, where it's a very modern person saying, you know, just six years ago, um, the reps at Nam didn't give me the time of day. Uh, where now, he can't walk ten feet in Nam without getting stopped by a rep like, yo, like, I'll send you whatever you want, just fucking put my stuff on your channel. Um Right. I don't know. I feel like that's. I feel like that's a that's an interesting dichotomy of like where music has been, is going, and maybe what we might like. I don't know where music is going to be in six years. In just six years. That's true. I mean, you know, so much has changed just in the past. You know, six, ten years. Who knows where it's going to go after that? I mean, you know, I mean, how much more saturated can get? Can it get? I mean, you know, I can't flip through my Facebook without seeing three dudes playing their own stuff on on Facebook and stuff like that. So I don't know how much more saturated it's going to get. If anything, maybe it'll regress from where it's at. But um, I don't know. I'm not too sour with where music is these days. I mean, even for a guy like Fluff, it's not like he, you know, he lucked into stuff. I mean, he put in work and he grinded yeah. through his, you know, through, you know, his uh, YouTube channel and everything else. I mean, just you know, like some of these other guys, they grinded through, you know, they, you know, they put in the work to to get the gear from the different companies and stuff like that. I mean, they, you know, these big companies, you know, for another, from another perspective, there's how many people out there trying to do this stuff, you know, not just because they want to review it, but because they want free shit. So, I mean, yeah. you know, you had to convince this company, whatever company it may be, that you're the guy. Now, of course, now that that work's been done, you know, uh, you know, a guy like Fluff or, or Trey Xavier from Gear Gods or any of that are, are so currently so relevant that yeah people are going to throw shit at them but uh just like uh you know rich piana you know from generation iron 2 which i'll reference bodybuilding said you know they, i mean you gotta keep finding your next niche because that's going to get stale people mm -hmm. are going to stop caring because they're going to find the next guy so you mm -hmm. know i mean his thing was you know i mean this dude was jacked up on roids if you've ever seen rich piana you look him up dude's he died but he's fucking crazy and then he always had some sort of drama going on and it's like was that really him or is he just keeping himself relevant so mm. is that gonna happen for you know guys like this I, don't, I know Fluff has his hands in a lot of things now not just you know his YouTube channel so there's more to it than that but you know I mean well, like, I feel like I Oh, go ahead. Good. Go ahead. I was going to say, as another example, you know, Jared Dines, you know, he YouTuber, that's, that's where he came from. But then, mm -hmm. you know, he's, he's playing and filling in for trivium and, and stuff like that. You know, I mean, so he's springboarded himself into other things. Yeah. And see that, I feel like that was going to, that was going to follow into my next kind of question where, when, uh, at least when I started going to Nam, or at least when I started hearing about Nam, it was always about it was always the joke about the band guys trying to go in and and get the sponsorship and get you know get free shit from 
um, from companies. And now the joke kind of translate or kind of mutated into now it's the YouTube guy going in to try to get free shit and get sponsored. Um, I, I don't know what the, I, it, it almost seems like, is it easier to be a YouTube content creator or in a band now? Like it, it almost seems like both are kind of vying for, well, you can be one or you can be a, be the other. It's very hard to, to either do both or maintain some kind of balance. Yeah, I think there are varying degrees of, I mean, in, I think there are two different avenues with this, you know, the, the same goal, you know, sponsorship and, you know, somebody helping you, you know, helping support you doing what you love for, you know, for a living. I, mm. I, I think, uh, you know, I, I don't know necessarily that, you know, any one is easier than the other, except for maybe different personality types, you know, um, mm. You know, the YouTuber thing is a lot easier to do from home. You know, you can sit there and do videos. Not saying that, you know, it's an easy thing because I'm sure a lot of grinding goes into doing that. You know, whereas the band thing, a lot, you know, equal amount of labor goes into another thing, you know. And Mm -hmm. maybe you don't work well with others, you know. Mm -hmm. So YouTube is maybe better for you because you don't work well with others. You can do the band thing. You can play the instruments. But, you know, you're just... You know, you have a, you know, an awkward personality, you don't, you know, you don't communicate well or, you know, or you're arrogant and that's tough to be around, you know, so YouTube's easier, you know, as long as you have a personality where you could sell yourself because it's like sales. you got to sell yourself on YouTube, just like as a band, you have to sell yourself at any place. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, if anything, the, the YouTube world is probably becoming the more, you know, strong thing. And maybe this is what Kronos is talking about because... You know, I mean, me and you play live shows, dude. How hard is it to fucking yank somebody to a live show? I mean, it's oh, it's it's pulling teeth. And even for big bands, I myself struggle to get my lazy ass out of the house for big bands that I enjoy seeing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and and maybe that's just me being lazy. I don't know, but um, it, when one thing that if anybody's in a band, in a local band, in a band that's you know mid tier or even upper tier. Getting people out and off of their couches where they can stream anything and everything is difficult. Yeah. I mean, even for live shows, you can live stream shit. Yeah, we've we've had this talk before is you have to be you have to be more interesting than Netflix for 30 minutes. Right. And comedians joke around about that all the time in their acts that you know, that you know, it's difficult to get a crowd to come out to watch somebody stand on a stage and fucking talk, you know. Yeah. Why is somebody going to come out and see me play when they can flip up Spotify and then, you know, go through a profile to a YouTube channel and you could see what you're hearing? Yeah. And it, you know, um, it sounds virtually perfect every time, you know. No, and you're and that and that's the thing like uh we've been going through uh these kind of back and forth with like how do you how do you make the show interesting? How do we make the show interesting? How do you how do you make every um How do you differentiate yourself from everybody? from all the different bands that are within the area, what makes yourself different that's going to actually attract the audience and get people to the show? That's what, I, it, I feel- that's what it is, too. you got to yeah. be different. I mean, you know, for, for example, to me, a band that's, that's pretty different or, you know, a crossover, if you will, is the Browning, how they're very EDM and metal all at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if that's bringing people out, but, uh, you know, it, it's it's something that's new. I mean, it sure keeps gets me listening to them because it's like, ah, this is cool. You know? Yeah. So see that 
And see, that's I get. I feel like um, uh, there's a when I was um, when I was younger that that the balance of integrity to uh, uh, bringing the show is or, or performing in a show was always been kind of you know swayed one way to the other, and now it's kind of swayed more to the integrity side. But like, I could definitely see at a point like. I was I was happy to I would have been happy to do a, a like a guar band like a guar style like super dressed up over the top pyrotechnics like the whole deal because like Cheesy. go go do a show go be entertaining you know be uh, be more than just a five guys that stand on a stage and and, and play perfectly hang on right the funny part is if you think there's one band the addicts. Where mm-hmm. their whole stage persona is very over the top. When right. they first started out, they didn't have that. They didn't monkey didn't dress up, and they weren't getting over. So the reason why they started dressing up was, um, Pete and Keith were talking about it. I think, and they told him, "Hey, you need to dress up." At first, monkey didn't want to do it. He was like, "Nah, I, I'm good." And then once. He thought it over, and he's like, okay, we'll do it. That's when they got over. That's right. when they started getting a following was because Monkey had a persona. He put it something different. You know, whenever you go to an addict show, you know that their live performance is going to be larger than life. You're going to have cards going everywhere. They're going to be dressed up outrageously. Like, it's fun to go see. They put on an experience that people want to see. Right, right, exactly. Well, and yeah, and I mean, you know, like we could we can go really deep into that and talk about all the shock rock going through the eighties into the nineties and, you know, what really brought all those bands up and, you know, the stuff like that, that, that really did it. I mean, I think that's the, the same mentality for like Alice Cooper and stuff like that, you know, it was sure it, it, it started out, you know, pretty innocent and then grew into, you know, what he was, which was shocking at the time. And then, you mm-hmm. know, it just, you know, springboarded till we landed on like Ramstein, <laughs> you know, <laughs> You know, and and what's funny that you that you say though, and you it, you specifically reference the words shock rock, and I'm actually glad you said that because do you feel like we're even in a time now where shock rock can even get over? No, I don't think so. I think at this point it's just entertainment because you know, the, and this is back to the internet thing and and stuff like that. Everything is out there. I mean, you could see horrifying, gruesome stuff. I mean, you know, Rob Zombie said, you know, the only way you could really, you know, shock somebody is you'd have to cut your arm and off and eat it. And you could really mm-hmm. only do that two times. And even at that, is anybody <laughs> really going to be shocked? You know? Yeah. I, I mean, in in the age of fucked up shit that we live in, you know, is, is anybody really going to be shocked? I mean, the, you know, not to say that fucked up shit is new, but the exposure that we have with the internet is new and stuff like that. You know, I mean, mm. you know, you can, you could watch, I mean, horrible shit's been happening for years and years and years. Just people didn't know because there wasn't TV or any way to get the info around. Now, you know, you could Google it's some every- dark web shit and you're going to be pretty yeah. fucked up. <laughs> um, and then on the, on the, um, on the other end of that, like, especially with the, uh, I don't know how to say this other than, especially with the like sensitive culture that we're in right now, I feel like you would get immediately shut down. Yeah, I think so. It, it's funny because there's two extremes. There's the hypersensitive and then there's the, you know, the not at all 
you know, shocked people. And sometimes they're the same person depending on what mood you're in in a given day. You know, it's, that's a whole nother thing in itself. You get the, you get the edgy people that want to be edgy and want to make like the fucked up memes and, and try to be funny in a, in the most offensive way and then turn it around on them and find something that offends them. And they turn into the, like, yo, that's not cool. Right, exactly. And that's the thing is, I mean, if you're going to be a line crosser, you got to be prepared to see line crossing things because what crosses the line for you may not necessarily uh, cross the line for somebody else. It, you know, it may be something completely different. So, right. You know. so that, and that's what I mean. Like you, you apply that to, uh, like you said, a shock rock, a quote unquote shock rock band. I just don't know. I don't know that that exists anymore. I don't think so. I, I mean, even with as extreme and ridiculous as, uh, you know, a band like Ramstein could be with, you know, their ridiculous phallic imagery and, you know, all that stuff, it's still not really shocking anymore. It's kind of like, oh, wow, that's fucking crazy, you know, mm-hmm. and that's that's about it. Not like, you know, like Marilyn Manson in the 90s, we need to go out and picket this dude because he's claiming to be the Antichrist, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't... I. I hundred percent don't think we'll ever see that kind of act again. Like a Marilyn Manson from the nineties. Right. Like that was, I still remember that. I still remember him doing the, um, was it the VMAs? Right. Yeah. When he, when he came out on the, on the podium and had the, had the corset and the G string. Yep. Dude, that was, that's still iconic to me. Yep. Um, I don't see that ever happening again i don't think so either i think and i think what plays a part in that is our world is a lot less uh religious than it was then you know the, uh, well, that's actually good that actually makes it a lot of sense to me yeah like the whole satanic panic thing does that really even exist anymore no i don't think people care about that shit anymore i i think maybe to some degree it's there somewhere but i i just don't i don't think religion takes as much not not saying that it's not there but i don't think it takes as much presence in popular life as it did you know 10 20 years ago so i think that plays a part in it you know the we don't have we're not as repressed as we once were you know socially sexually you know and anything like that i mean that that oppression doesn't exist so you know, stuff like that won't be shocking. Now, if that still existed and somebody who's, you know, going against the grain, like a Marilyn Manson, a Rob Zombie, an Alice Cooper and stuff like that, then, you know, then stuff like that's shocking. But, you know, I guess to us, what would be shocking is to, to see the oppressor oppress, you know, I don't know. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, at this point, I think I'd be more surprised to see a, like a, uh, like a Christian band revival fest. Right. That would be, that would be shocking. <laughs> yeah. I'd be really surprised to see like, I don't even, I don't even know the bands off my head anymore because most of them have either changed or, or no, are no longer considered Christian bands. But right. if Christians bands came back and did a, a, uh, like a Joshua fest again. Right. I, I, that, that would surprise the hell out of me. That that would, uh, and you know, I don't know what kind of exposure any of that would get anymore. It's just, you know, I don't. I I, I there used to be a lot more like Christian metalcore bands and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. I don't even hear about those anymore. I mean, you know, the last real thing that I remember was Impending Doom. You know, 
Um, I th- I think the last one we saw was um, for today when they did their their farewell um, show. Oh, okay. And that was two years ago, three years ago. <coughs> yeah, that was the last one that I remember. Interesting. Yeah, see, so, so anyways, yeah, to that point, you know, for, for shocking stuff, you know, I mean, and somebody, I'm sure there's somebody out there who disagrees with me and stuff like that, but I, I think there was a lot more religion and stuff like that 20, 30, 40 years ago, and, you know, I mean, yeah, you've seen Detroit Rock City, right? I mean, you know, oh, yeah. I mean, of course, that's a joke, you know, based on it, but that's kind of how shit was. Yeah. You know, now it's acceptable to, you know, people have kids and, you know, you don't get them baptized or anything like that. For a long time, that yeah. was just the way. Yeah. So, it's interesting. Uh, do you do you see a, do you see the next evolution then? Do you, feel, do you feel like you can see what the next evolution of, mm, I won't say metal, I'll just say the next evolution of entertainment. Because I feel like, you know, obviously crossover culture is a thing. Right. Um, you see a lot of a lot of metal guys that are going to do rap. Um, you see a lot of the um, indie bands becoming, in a way, more indie, if that makes sense. Uh, right. Less instrumentation. Uh, you know, uh, more times than not, it's it's a guy and a guitar now, and that's considered either the next step. The next, you know, step. Uh, I, re- I read something today saying 21 Pilots is going to be your next favorite band. And I, my, my brain almost hemorrhaged at that point. Yeah, because it's literally two dudes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm, I, I, there's, there's so many things that are either that are pulling me in so many different directions that uh, I don't really know what, to, what the next step for music is. I don't know. I mean, and, you know, I, I really don't know. You know, I mean, you what, you know, I'm sure they thought they peaked in the 80s and look where we are now. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. you know, I can't say for sure, but I mean, you know, as for the extreme, they're going to have to get more extreme, you know, for the, you know, anything else. I mean, I don't know, radio pop and stuff like that. I mean, how much more simple can it get? The only thing it That's can the- do is cycle around and get more complex. Yeah. And so that's the, and that's why I, I think I think I posed that question to you is is you know the the tune uh, tune low play slow or stuff like that like I don't know how much lower you can get you know eight nine ten strings um, I don't know how much more slam we can get uh, pretty slam and, but, Mark pretty slam <laughs> but then on the opposite side of that I don't know how much longer the perfectly you know pitched and time aligned and guitar editing and drum editing i don't know how much more perfect metal can get either like something's something's got to give right and i i think that's a new thing the perfect thing because the technology didn't exist you know 10 20 years ago to you know quantize the shit out of drums and to quantize the shit out of the guitars and get this all you know computer program stuff and i i think that's just us craving something different and that's why mm-hmm. that's happening. You know, I mean, you know, you look at car- early Carcass and stuff like that in the 90s when they were grindcore and stuff like that. And it was just, you know, almost undiscernible noise that was, you know, people seeking something different. So, I mean, we'll find something, you know. I don't know what the fuck it's going to be, but we'll find something. I mean, you know, I don't know, squishing poop through a meat grinder with, you know, 
a car crashing in the background. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were watching. Um, we were watching uh, GGN, which is Snoop's uh, Snoop Dogg's uh, interview channel. <laughs> <laughs> and he was interviewing yes. Gabriel, Gabriel, Gabriel Iglesias, and he was playing him uh, authentic cartel banda music. Oh, Jesus. And what it is, it's, it's drug dealer music that they don't play on the radio. Interesting. And it's still catchy, but like the lyrics are about dealing drugs. They have like gunshots as the sound samples like <laughs> it's le- it's legit gangster music and and see and that's that's what i'm saying though that's like that's taking it to the next level so like with yeah. with metal those that crave the extreme what's going to be more extreme than you know i mean you're gonna you're gonna find people's moral lines you're gonna cross them whether it's using real stuff or um which will bring me into the one topic that I want to bring up, but uh, which is using real stuff or finding those real points and, and, you know, and poking at them. I mean, you know, fucked up shit, you know, for example, um, vitriol had a, their most recent song taken down for using a, a clip from a, you know, 12 year old little girl's real suicide video. Oh God! I mean, that's about as extreme as it gets. I mean, there's more yeah. details behind that. They, you know, they donated money and stuff like that, and um, but you know, it brought you know, it divided the lines. It divided you know, uh, people who were into this band who are, you know, about as extreme as it's going to get in terms of metal. And you know, and there you got it, the two sides of it. So I mean, people are going to push the envelope whether you agree with it or not. Mm. You know, and that, that was, that's uh... where we are. Yeah, that was the that was uh, my same, not argument, but it was the same kind of note that it hit when um, Nick uh, X Guitar Marie, his band released a EP, and the intro was the reading of a, of a suicide note. Right, and and it really was, and it really was like, I I just I don't know if I'm comfortable with hearing this, and then like you're telling me that one, I was like. <laughs> It it makes you an easy. I don't know if it, and I don't always know if it's in a good way or not. No, and and, and I don't know. That's the thing, though. People like to be shocked. That's shocking. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and that's not new. Cattle Cap's done it a bunch of times. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Dahlia had you know real torture clips in one of their songs off a of ritual and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, there's the shit. The, the people are going to find the way to cross the fucking line. It's just how much mm-hmm. further can you go. Hmm. I mean, you know, if you look at the black metal guys, they were all killing each other. So, I mean, yeah. you know, if you go back to Mayhem's first album, that that cover photo or first album, I don't think it was the first one, was the was a picture of dead after he shot himself in the head. Yeah. You know, yeah. you find your vocalist dead having shot himself and your first thought is, oh, let's go grab a camera and take a picture of this and make a sick album cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Um, and that, you know... Uh, I feel like uh, do you do you feel like people get desensitized and start looking for something heavier, or do they or do they see that and recoil? Like I, I feel like porno grind wouldn't be a thing if you didn't want to push the extreme. Right. I, I think that's what it is. I, I mean, I think everybody has their own personal line, and some people are going to recoil, and other people are just going to you know accept it, and then you yeah. know you may recoil at first, then accept it later. Hmm. You know, so um, I don't know. I don't know. Because, like, 
I feel like there's I feel like there's a lot of levels to this conversation. I feel like there's a lot where you could even go into like you know, you, you, I like horror movies. I love horror movies. Oh yeah, same. There are horror movies that I feel like I can't watch. You know, there's those horror movies where I'm like, okay, you know what? That's a line that I just can't cross right now. Right. I want to see and everybody has that, but some people don't have that same line and can push yeah. it a lot further, but then something that, you know, wouldn't bother you bothers them. So, right. you know, um, I mean, like, you know, as, a, as an example, you know, cause everybody knows it is human centipede crosses the line for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, sure. I get sure. it. I get it. <laughs> I, I get it. I also think that movie's fucking hilarious. It is. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's almost on a comedy level, but yeah, but I could see how the, uh, subject matter can uh, turn off a lot of people. Uh, right, that right. being said, I had the same I had the same uh, conversation with uh, one of Chris's coworkers about a movie called Antichrist. Mm-hmm. And if you get a chance to see that one, I told her like, there's a very particular scene where, as soon as I got to that scene, I was like, nope, I'm done, and I turned it off. Right. And, and she was like, that movie gets so much better. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I, I feel like I got that there somewhere with a movie. Oh, you know, uh, and, and I think it, it, it comes back to personal things because, like, the movie Mother kind of oh. fucked me up for a little bit. Not gotcha. gonna lie, like I was just I don't I didn't know what I was uh, what to even expect. I don't know. We just started watching it randomly, but mm-hmm. yeah, there you know towards the end of that, I was like, uh, yeah, that's 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 a personal line that's a little bit uncomfortable. I mean, yeah, it's all yeah, yeah. symbolic. It's all grossly symbolic, but like, yeah. and when you see that side of it, you're like, oh, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, but I yeah, mean, like, everybody has their line. And like, and like you were saying, I think those lines, um, apply to like, like you said, movies, music, literature, um, Man, I don't even know how we, how we got down this. It's a very deep, deep dark hole. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I just I, I I'm always curious about the evolution of what's next and and who's going to be on the cusp of uh, that next because I feel like we're getting a lot of rinse and repeat artists. Right. You know, I feel like we're getting a lot of like the same thing just in a different colored box. Um, and nobody's really pushing any limits. Right. Uh, and I, th- I think it's the, the, you know, trying to make it on what's out there rather than taking a calculated risk. Because at the end of the day, for, you know, for music or, any- or anything, you know, you got to take a calculated risk on something different. And, you know, you could even end up being ahead of your time in terms of what you do, you know, whatever it may mm-hmm. be. I mean, obviously, if I had the answer to what the next big thing was, I'd be a bazillionaire somewhere. I wouldn't be sitting here discussing it, but yeah, you know, yeah, we, we would own Amazon. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, musically, if you want to look at something that was before it's time, um, was, you know, uh, uh, anthrax and, uh, bring the noise. You oh know, yeah. That was years before the new metal, you know, limp biscuit corn and all that stuff, which was more or less the same shit. You know, it was, yeah. you know, years before it didn't really take off until the nineties. So yeah, literally you know, a decade. And that was that's a calculated risk. A thrash band joined up with a rap group with Chuck D yeah. and you know Flava Flav, and did bring the noise, which I love by the way. But mm. um, you know, ahead of its time, yeah. And it was a calculated risk, and I don't think it hurt them. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it helped them as much as it may have 10 years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that's it right there. No, and, and I'm with you. And like you said, there, there's, uh, there's all the, like you said, there's, there's calculated risk and then there's the, uh, did we do this and, and it, did it flop? And it's hard to gauge in, in our current climate of not buying records, like record labels and a lot of uh, companies still depend on how your first week sales do. Uh, one of the one of the ones that I predicted to do really well, uh, I thought was going to do massive numbers. I didn't care for the record, but I thought they were going to do massive numbers. Didn't do that well, and you like I said, a lot of labels still gauge your success on your first week. Right. Exactly. And it's not just with the label; it's booking. If you do good numbers, then they're more likely to put you on tour. There's some bands that are 20 years deep and they have a name, but they still have trouble getting tours just because their numbers aren't as high as what other people's are. Right, exactly. Yeah, there's definitely a few of those out there for sure. But yeah, these are the many things that I, that I think about while uh, I was sick this past weekend. Yeah, while you were sick or while you were glued to the shitter. <laughs> Churro all <laughs> Pretty weekend. much, Jesus. Some people <laughs> live with uh, with that perpetually. I know I've been there. Oh God. I don't know if I could I could live with running to the to the bathroom twenty seven times a day. It's it's a difficult life to live in. It, well, you know, I mean, it definitely helped me drop some weight. Yeah, that'll do it. I don't know if it's the good kind of weight, but <laughs> it's you're nice and speaking, of, speaking of dropping the good kind of weight, bro, yeah. how fucking how ha- how proud am I of you for dropping all that weight and looking fit as fuck? I just got to look good for you, dude. You look so goddamn good right now, dude. I'd touch my butt. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we haven't. I think we haven't posted it on the Instagram. But if you don't, uh, if you haven't seen Larry. He's looking really good. Make sure everybody you go encourage him for looking good. He looks pretty awesome right now. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, I'm in a, I'm on two weeks into a, a weight loss challenge as well. So hoping to win that and pick up some money. Fuck so taco, yes. Taco twofer. <laughs> you're gonna owe, you're gonna owe yourself at least a taco sometime. Dude, I know. You know what's great is being in the mindset where the thought of that just nope, no desire whatsoever. Oh, that's good. Okay, that's good. I mean, there's been, there, there are challenges for sure. Like there are moments like last week we got all of our guys burritos, uh, because work's been like crazy. Oh yeah. That, that, that's, that's tough. Cause that's a little bit like, <clears throat> and it was in, be... in my face. Like there's yeah. these monstrous breakfast burritos with, you know, all the good stuff in them. And I'm sitting there going, Nope, I'm going to eat my chicken and my broccoli. Sadly. Oh, and ramen's still a struggle too. I still have cravings for ramen regularly, but as long as you know, it's because people post about it constantly. And I'm like, oh, fuck, that shit looks so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the temptation is there. But stay strong, buddy. You're looking good. I got uh, judgmental and judgmental junior sitting across the room making fun oh, of me no. podcasting. <laughs> My. Uh, my wife and my sister-in-law doing whatever they're doing. <laughs> someday we'll get yeah. video on this thing, and then we can expose them. That, that way they can they can they can see what um, what you do Monday nights for an hour and a half. Pretty much. I mean, it's mostly <laughs> sitting back and picking my nose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. While you while you talk into a monitor. 
pretty much. Wait, are you, do you still use your headphones, or is it just are you? Because it like at least with mine, like I have a microphone. Chris is right here. The computer's up. My monitors are up. So if somebody walked in, it kind of looks legit. But I imagine you're just sitting there with your with your turtle shell headphones. Yep. And probably your guitar. I do. I'm not no because that plinks too loud, and I can't oh. focus on multiple things like that. But I do have the ability to do it that way. It's just uh, this is easy, and then you know, then she can, then she only has to listen to me talk, which probably is unpleasant. <laughs> well, speaking of unpleasant, we're gonna get into everybody's favorite uh, segment. Oh, yay. Are you ready, buddy? You know what we should really do is look at these ahead of time rather than scroll through them. Every fucking time I I think about it, I'm like, you know, uh, we have some guests planned out hopefully soon. And I think when we do those, we should probably have them written down. Okay. (laughs) Um, Because every time, well, you know what we really need to do is we really need to get a theme. We do need to get a theme song. I, I feel like. Some carnival music would be appropriate theme song for it. I'm totally down. If you want, if you want to write a theme song, go for it. I'll have to do it. I've got some goofy ass drum tracks. I can make some weird shit. So, yes, like with Dawn of Eternity, we have this like goofy ass little like cumbia style thing that we fuck around with called Hungry and Tired, and it's just the funniest thing, dude, that we do every time. It's like our break <laughs> theme song, and that's what made me think of uh, Okay, Stupid needing a theme song. Yeah, I'm totally down to get an okay stupid theme song. It needs to be cumbia based. <laughs> Can we get the drug bonda mu- music? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, exclusively. I mean, that's about the only thing that we can get. Uh, I was gonna say, like, we're gonna if they ever hear this podcast, they will come looking for me. Probably. <laughs> How'd you get our music? Oh, <laughs> uh, yo, dude, uh, keep chugging's gonna get washed away with this rain right now. Any. Uh, <laughs> Well, we don't get weather in Southern California, but when we get weather, we get all the fucking weather. You know what's funny is people back east and everything else are probably just laughing their ass off. Like, right now, there's people in New York in, like, negative 40 degrees, dude. Like, you throw a pair of pants up in the air, it's freezing before it hits the ground. Like, fuck that shit. <laughs> dude, the, there's, they, they made a whole new name for what's going on in Chicago. Oh, what, what are they calling it? I feel like I know. It's, it's like the it's the something vortex like oh it's a polar vortex the polar vor- vortex that's, yeah that's what this that's what this type of weather condition is called it's that's called a polar vortex crazy. they were talking about something like that rolling up last year but it didn't happen remember we only had like two days of rain last winter yeah so we're making up for it this year which is fine because all these fires and shit i mean it's all mud now but we could use the rain man now um, we're a weather I, podcast yeah i agree and and uh it just it, it, I know it compromises a lot of people that I know that it compromises their work. Yes, like mine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. I found a really okay, good so, okay stupid question, so I'm going to hold it there, and then you you can go. <laughs> okay. So for uh, for everybody that doesn't know what okay stupid is, okay, we uh, take o- uh, questions from a very popular dating site called Okay Cupid, and then we transmutate them <laughs> for. Musicians, and we call it OK Stupid. So we ask each other five questions, and today we are starting with... Okay, what is... um? Okay, describe... Oh, nope, that's not going to work. Yeah. Man, these are getting pretty terrible, because I can't find I something that... It's, is it as bad as have you ever questioned your sexuality? Not when you're not looking at me, though. I mean, because I know that helps. 
I mean, I, I mean, uh, on a daily. Yeah. I, actually, I really do wish I questioned it when I was younger. <laughs> uh, oh, here we go. Um, so the original question is, what was the last thing you learned that made a big impact on you? Or a quote-unquote aha moment. So, what was the last thing that you learned and made a big impact on your plane? Uh, probably some of the, you know, this is like current. So I'm talking about what's, what's going on right now. Um, yeah. probably some of the Jason Richardson stuff and, uh, something that I've never been really good at or really de- dedicated time to is the, the more percussive style of riff with quote unquote gent, you know, with the, the really hard, you know, upstrokes on the, uh, on the open strings, really twanging them and stuff like that, you know, to generate different sounds from the same note. Um, and, you know, forming chords and stuff like that. Uh, so that into like Polaris and stuff like that, I stuff that I'm learning right now, which is why I want to get that new seven string quick so I can, you know, really, cause I don't have anything tuned that, that way and sort of build on this style because I've always kind of just been, nope, I don't want to do that. You know, I can't, it's just, I, I'm not feeling it. And I don't know what happened. I, you know, after Nam and hearing retrograde and, stuff like that just i don't know what happened i found the groove and i was like all right this is just flowing now you know as far as far as writing riffs that way and uh you know being able to play that stuff it's like oh and i you know what it did it changed the way i pick it's not Hmm. just i've always alternate picked inside and i fought the outside paul gilbert style of picking yeah and i i've started learning the solo for uh from unearth uh my will be done i i learned the solo from that and there's a portion where you have to alternate pick it with outside picking otherwise at least i had to to get it up to speed and it just kind of changed the way i pick and now all of a sudden i'm like oh i can play this stuff easily this is great so you know what's funny is that it's really interesting to me to me because i consider you a very talented player but you saying that you've never really approached chords and approached I guess what would be considered more melodic style. Um, I guess I wasn't expecting to hear that from you. It's just interesting to hear that because I, I've always been the opposite where I've always approached a chord first and then broke it down. And yeah. it very much is sounding like you've approached, you've always approached it in the single like arpeggio style. Right. And now you're like, Oh, like, no, there's chords that are involved in that. Exactly. That's and that's exactly what it is. And it's more like the understanding was always there. It was more like a, you know, an arrogance or a, you know, just a reluctance to to sit there and go, well, I can learn it this way. Now, nah, fuck that shit. I know how to do it this way. I can figure it out mm-hmm. my way. And now it's huh. like, all right, well, maybe this shit works. <laughs> nice. That's that's actually really interesting to me. Okie dokie. So your next one. Uh, if you had to spend a year alone with one other person, who would it be and why? So your question is, if you had to spend a year taking lessons from one other musician, who would it be and why? Steve Vai all day, every day. Really? (laughs) Because the dude's my fucking hero. He has a really just eclectic way of playing. Okay. Um, and he's from what I've heard and everything I've seen, the nicest person on the planet. So 
Uh, I can't argue with any of those points. And, you know, again, he's uh, got my favorite brand of guitar, my favorite looking guitar, and then, you know, just stylistically and the stuff that he's capable of, like, you know, he's a huge inspiration. So Steve Vai all day, every day. Nice. Yeah. Um, Easy. Not what I was expecting, but that's an awesome, awesome answer. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of more, you know, modern guys that are cool. Uh, mm-hmm. and stuff like that and i think you know if i was going to pick somebody to exclusively learn from and have all that kind of time to spend with it would be somebody with the years and the experience and the approach and everything else and you know a diverse style and everything else like that so yeah that's the guy nice so next question is the original question is what's one fear you know is holding you back your question is What's one guitar shortcoming you know you is holding you back? So many. I mean, you know, just like the <laughs> <laughs> just like the alternate picking thing. Yeah. You know, the reluctance to alternate pick certain ways. I mean, you know, I, when it comes to certain things, it's just, I have my own worst enemy with it. It's like, nah, I don't need to. I don't need to know that. And then later on, it's like, fuck, why didn't I do this? So I mean, so is it, is it more of being stubborn? Pretty much. That's what it is. It really is. Just just being stubborn. Yeah. That's okay. stubbornness is a, a prime example. Okay. You answered that way too quick. I know. Find those find those questions faster. Okay, here we go. This is this is a good one for you because I think this this applies to to us in a weird way. So the the original question is, what do you think happens to us after we die? Your question is. What do you think happens to your gear after you sell it? <laughs> Sometimes it ends up back on the music exchange getting sold to somebody else. Yeah, <laughs> I right. I don't know. You know? Um, do, you, do you think it's ever ended up in the hands of somebody famous? I don't, I don't know. Maybe. I never even thought about that. I don't know. A lot of the stuff that I've moved through. Yeah, I don't think so. Maybe. Could be. Maybe. But, uh. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've, I mean, I've inherited stuff that were, you know, artist stuff, but I mean, it's possible. That's why. Like, you think it's ever gone the other way? It's a possibility. I mean, I don't <laughs> know. I'm trying to think of what I've gotten rid of and what ha- what I've seen happen to it after that. I don't know. Because I think I think you're more likely to end up with with some kind of story like that than I am because you you trade some high end shit. Yeah, I think um, the, the I've acquired things from people like I acquired an amp from Mike from uh, uh, Suicidal Tendencies. Um, I got the guitar that I got. I think was originally owned by Pat from Fit for an Autopsy. Oh. Um, the one of my Strandbergs was artist owned, although he wouldn't tell me who it was. And I think that's about all I got. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The, the, the one with the Mike was probably the most standoutish thing. Cause I had to go to his house in, uh, in, uh, not Malibu, but one of the other beaches over there from Manhattan Beach and stuff like that. And it was like his stepson was selling a bunch of amps and shit that had been given to him. It was a 6505, you know, not plus that I had picked up. This was like 10 years ago. Nice. Yeah, that was a while ago. But I don't know. I haven't seen, I have no proof that it had gone the other way. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. Maybe, maybe, maybe it'll go, maybe it'll happen or maybe you'll, uh, maybe you'll see a demo of something and, and uh, you'll be like, hey, I have, hey, that looks like the guitar I had. I know. 
Oh, God, you're getting tired already. Dude, I missed that afternoon coffee. Oh, uh, is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, your last one. Original question. What is the craziest scene or event you have ever w- witnessed? Yours will be, what is the craziest scene or event you have ever witnessed at a concert you attended? Oh, I watched a guy's arm bust and, like, the bone come out of the skin. At, oh. uh, uh, I forget which Ozfest it was. It was a long time ago. It was when I was in high school. It was in the pit for Lamb of God. Oh, God. And now it's going to bug me that what year. But that's that's probably about as crazy as it's going to get. I mean, I've seen... There was a show that we went to with one of my bands for when Dahlia headlined... Uh, uh, Summer Slaughter, and they played it with like I think we talked about this too, me and you. But um, they played with like uh, Flesh God Apocalypse, and oh, maybe it was Wes I was talking to about it. Power Glove did like the 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 break, the halftime show or whatever, if you will. Um, okay. And my bass player was it with uh, Rings of Saturn? I don't think Rings played that one. No. Okay. No, this was when Ritual had just came out. Oh, okay. Like, just after Ritual came out. Um, what happened there? Oh, so our bass player was stupid drunk, and, like, some guys were trying to fight him, and this dude was huge. And there was a point in the pit where he pushed. So one of the bands that – they ended up being a band that played later, and I wish I remembered their name, on the outside stage. And one of the kids, like – you know, was trying to hardcore dance and kick him. And I'm like, what the fuck is this stupid kid doing? Like, this dude is huge. He's on steroids. He's drunk as fuck. Like, this guy's going to fucking kill you. And my fear is that, the dude, this guy is going to fucking kill him, and he's going to go to jail and shit like that. Like, he's our responsibility. We need to stop him oh, from God. killing these kids. Yeah. And uh, so he pushed this kid, and this kid fucking flew. I mean... Flew, and I guess the rest of his homies or his band all tried to start like you know jumping my buddy, and he was. It looked like if you had a top view, you would just see him and kids just flying away, like it was a fucking movie. <laughs> like it was. I wish I had. I used to have a video of it on an old phone I had, and it's gone. And uh, oh. that that guy's, you know, he died now. He OD'd on heroin a few years later. A few years later, Easy. but. Um, yeah, dude, like he was just so strong and so drunk and just an unstoppable. It was one of those things where we had to grab him because security was about to bum rush him and we had to we brought him inside. So uh we were inside then and we were all the way up front for Whitechapel and right right as Whitechapel's about to go on, he's yelling, Play Megadeth. You know, he was an old school <laughs> metal guy. And you hear it from the back. You hear them play the Holy Wars riff, dude. And I was like, fuck. So that that's a pretty memorable shit that's happened. But the craziest thing was that arm breaking out of the skin. That shit was fucked up. Okay. Well, uh, was it Black Dahlia, White Chapel, Darkest Hour? Yes. Six Feet Under? Yes. Dying Fetus, As Blood Runs Black? Yes. Oceano? And you said Flesh God Apocalypse was the last one? I had Flesh God, and I think Within the Ruins opened... That was, I think it was 2011. That sounds about right. That's probably yep. about, and then Power Glove played in the middle somewhere there. That's right. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, so that was great. That was at the Grove. Nice. Yeah, that was a good one. That shit was crazy. <laughs> that guy, dude, I will never forget that day, dude, when he was just fucking pummeling people into oblivion. <laughs> nice. 
Oh man! All right, your turn. And luck would have it, my phone turned out, and I lost the fucking question. Oh no! Piss me off now. God damn it! <laughs> uh, oh man, have you ever tried to Google me? What the fuck? Do you ask that on a first date? Why well, you'd be surprised what I ask on a first date? I don't want to know. <laughs> all right, what's, here I found what's it. What's that? Oh. Chris is going to chime in on that oh. one. <laughs> yeah, but I have said he me. All right. Uh, is there, uh, so the original question, is there anyone in this world that you genuinely hate? And simply, is there any musician in this world that you genuinely hate? Mm, uh, short answer, yes. Long answer, a lot. <laughs> a lot. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, uh, I, there's, there's, uh, there's guys that I don't personally care for, um, be it how they treated me or, uh, experiences that I had. Um, but then there's obviously there's, there's musicians that I don't care for in the career sense where I just like, like, uh, what's her name? The Michelle Tromboli, the, the, the bad baby. Oh like, yeah, you don't, you don't need to be a musician. Like you need yeah, to stop. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, and it's not that. Like I probably, I get the marketing idea. I get that there's a whole like there's a whole crew behind her that are telling her what to do and how to act, and that it's a personality. Right. But I don't have to. I don't have to like it. I don't have to buy into it. Um, I definitely don't have to respect it. Uh, I mean, sure. I, it it would be hard for me to say no otherwise. Yeah, I, I I'd have to agree. There's without naming any names, there's some pretty obvious ones that I think people would probably agree with me on. Mm-hmm. Um, there. I I like you said. I don't want to get into too many specifics, but yeah. Uh, yeah, they exist, and and. Here's the thing. I do my best to uh, not let it affect me. Um, I focus on what makes me happy and what benefits my band and my projects, and that's it. And they, I do my best to not let that affect my day. All right. I've got another one, but I'm trying to think of how to reword it in the way that I want to reword it. Okay, so... It, it kind of goes falls into the same category, and this is kind of an interesting one because I think we're in a world where this works and doesn't work all at the same time. But here's okay. the original question: Do you believe men and women can just be friends? The uh, the question that I ask you: uh, Men and women in the same band? Oh, that is a good one. You know, I mean, of course, you can get really weird with that and depending on sexualities and everything else, but in the very general sense. Sure, sure. Because um, like, then you get into the like, you know, can you be in a band with a lesbian? Right. It's like, clearly she can be in a band with you, but... Um, right. Man, that is a... That is a uh, it's a... Uh, there's a lot of... I feel like that's a... E- there, there can be an easy answer and a very complicated answer because I feel like the very complicated answer is uh, 
you start getting into is female fronted a genre right you know you start getting into that subject and and do you want to be a part of that like we almost attempted that uh, in in one of the incarnations of the band and it was right right on the the forefront of becoming the um is fee- female fronted bands considered its own genre not just like metal you know black metal new metal whatever metal is female fronted a genre um in some aspects it seems to be considered some you you you, you can be a yeah you can be a pop a pop punk band and a metal band and just because they both have females in them they can be on the same bill i want to say it's a category on spotify or something somewhere is it i want to say i've seen it somewhere where you you search female fronted and it's a it's all different kinds of bands but because they're female fronted they're considered their own genre which is whack as shit to me that's that's yeah stupid but I would agree with that, and I would also, I would also, I would also hope that even some of the female-fronted bands uh, get get upset with that and would agree with us that, like, no, like, I wouldn't put CU Space Cowboy on the same bill as as Paramore. No, it doesn't make sense. Right, I um, agree. Uh, but okay, anyway, getting off the tangent and back to the original question. Right? Can 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 you be? I think you can. Um, I think. You have to be able to be a professional and an adult. Uh, do I think it's for everybody? No. Because uh, not everybody can be professional and adult. And that's why. I think that, yeah, that's it. I think that's it. I think you have to be able to be professional and adult. And I don't think everybody can be professional and adult. Um, and, and to be honest, that goes both ways. I'm not just it speaking does. for myself. I'm, I'm speaking for, I would hope I would speak for the, the other end of it is, is they need... The other person involved has to be everybody involved. Really, has to be professional, uh, professional and adult. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree completely. It's a, uh, it's a. There's a. There's a dangerous way to answer that question, and I. I think you know, for me, yeah, music's music. Doesn't matter. I don't sure. care. You know, female fronted or not, I hate that female fronted though is considered a genre. I think that's stupid. Sure, yeah, we can go here, on. We yeah. can go on and on about that because I, I, I don't believe that. Um, I think what ended up happening, and at some point, is that record labels started buying into the female-fronted bands being a genre thing. Right, and it became we just have to scoop up all of them. I don't care what they do. If they got a girl in it, fucking let's let's buy it. Right, and and uh, I I I hundred percent appreciate females being in in metal and being in music um i don't appreciate uh having to now feel like i'm working five times as hard because of it right i i what but what bugs me and you know maybe it's the millennial in me but what bugs me when it says blah 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 female fronted band like who cares yeah Uh, okay cool they have a chick singer that's cool i mean like why is that should that be a selling point like i don't how about them just being good? Like, right. I mean, you know, um, she's an awesome singer, you know, and she's a sure. girl, whatever. I don't know. But the, the whole that, I don't know. It just seems really stupid that, you know, I mean, that, that that's a whole nother ordeal and a whole, maybe a podcast in itself. I think we have all these sub podcasts we got to do, but we, we got to start, uh, or, or maybe when I'm editing, 
we need I need to make a list of the subtopics. Yeah. So we can go back so we can go back on them. But yeah, my my biggest real quick, my biggest issue with the band like that was like Butcher Babies where Right. Um, they were literally just two girls with their tits out selling but it. Now, yeah, but now they're trying to to It's still well, a little bit like that. To, well, you know, they establish themselves so much as okay, we have we're barely wearing any clothes, you know, we can sing. But now they're starting to be like, well, we can sing. Like, we don't always have to be scantily clad. And just like, you made a, a name of yourself for that, but now you don't want to. So now they're... Uh, yeah, that's a bold title that's that's going to take a lot of work to undo, I think, if they if they want to do that. I think that's a bold image that that, that band has. That's gonna be take a lot of work to undo. Cause yeah, I know I I didn't even realize like because I've only recently discovered them in like recent years and stuff like that, and I didn't realize yeah. how like ridiculous it was in the beginning. Like they really were like pretty much naked chicks. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 if you ask them about that now, they completely were like, no, we didn't do that. Yeah, or, but or we're not about that. It's internet like, photographic evidence. Like I yeah, get. I'm like. No, like we there's it's very easy easy to Google what what you look like back then. Right. It's just about you know it's just they got to change the image. That's that's gonna be tough. That's that because that's a bold image to change. Yeah, it took me two seconds to find their old promos, which uh, are basically t- tape on their nipples. Yeah. Exactly. Oh uh, well, I don't remember what the original question was, but. Um, for, uh, it, it, oh yeah, the question was something dumb. Like, can we try not to touch our phones for 30, for 30 minutes? So my thought, uh, my thing is for practice, do you have a no phones rule practices in general that, how do you feel about that? We, um, uh, one of my bands originally, actually, no, one of my, okay. We've tried it three different ways. I think one of my bands originally tried a no girlfriends rule. Um, that got over so well. <laughs> um, that was my sarcastic voice. Yeah. And, uh, one band did try the no phones thing. And I think, I want to say one band did, uh, you have to, you, you practice like we play a show. So we would have to practice in 35 minute spurts. Cause that's, you know, you, you, practice like we did a show it was a show that's it right um so have yes we've done it um and with varying degrees of success um we we did okay i'll i'll do this cuz this was the most recent we did do a practice with arson where uh we took the drummer's phone away from him because uh he was fighting i think with one of his exes and he just he wouldn't he couldn't go through an entire song uh, without checking his phone or looking at his phone or picking it up or something and we were all getting frustrated so finally we we're like you know we're just give us the phone and he didn't have the phone for the entire practice oh wow yeah well i mean you know if it's in the way like that then you know i think it's got to be taken away or, well, or something I mean, you know yeah, but uh, Chris, I think Chris would would agree with me. Is that that door that that door swings both ways? Like, uh, 
very, very rarely does she text me during practice. Um, unless it's an emergency, like she knows, like, you know, for two hours, like uh, that's where I'm at. That's what I'm working on. Um, yeah. Well, when, before when you weren't, um, so, I mean, the, the, usually, hopefully sometimes with some people, there's, there's a mutual understanding, like, look, like I'm at practice, like this is what I'm doing for two hours. Like just, I'll be, I'll get back at you. Just give me a couple of hours. Right. Exactly. And I, I think that's, you know, a, a pretty, you know, a simple thing. Like, hey, I'm at practice. Oh, okay. You know, or yeah. is it an emergency? You know, if it's an emergency or something like that. But I mean, sure. you know, there, there's, you know, the world that we live in now, you know, it's so easy to just sit there and have a, a full on text conversation while you're trying to do something. You're not listening to anything that's happening. I'm guilty yeah. of it. You know, I'm just mm-hmm. as guilty of that, you know, no exceptions to that for me. And, you know, sometimes I got to tell myself, I got to put my phone vibrate and get it away from me, you know, so I won't force a conversation because I, you know, when I'm in a conversating mood, I will talk forever, you know, <laughs> whether it's text message and stuff like me and you have held three different conversations through di- three different social media outlets at the same yeah. time. You yeah, know. yeah. I mean, we just click. <laughs> Those conversations have nothing to do with each other, other than it's the same people talking. It really is, and then and then I have to sit there and remember, like, okay, where was I talking about this with Mark at? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, like let me, let, me, let me scroll up a few things. <laughs> like I got to like crossover conversations, and you know, like the Instagram <laughs> one will be a response to a story. The the uh, you know the keep chugging one will be the keep chugging one, and then we'll be talking about you know gear acquisitions, and then and you know I think I think we were texting each other for a while too. So it's mm-hmm. a, like a couple yeah. of girlfriends, it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think I got one more question for you. Right? Yep. Last one. All right, let's see here. What do we got? We really got to plan this out a little better, although I think it's part of the fun. (laughs) Well, it's the randomness that helps. All right. (laughs) Oh, God. I can't, I don't I can't even make that music related but for the listeners this is a this is a question an, a a dating first question on average how long does it take you to cry yourself to sleep every night uh I mean I don't sleep enough but I definitely cry enough so oh my god uh, <laughs> these are real uh, questions Wow, I don't know who I don't. Uh, what what kind of life are you living that that's the question on your on a first date? It's on a, it's under the the category somewhat wacky but absolutely vital questions you must ask on a first date. I mean, I get that that's probably a red flag, but I don't know how. You, yeah, I don't. You're definitely what, not getting any sandwich on that one. You know what I'm saying? No. Like, uh, how often? How how long do you cry yourself to sleep? Yeah. No. Um, all right. Okay, here we go. Um, the, the, I guess the question be, can be taken two different ways. And uh, think about it in the concept of your approach to, uh, we'll just say your band. Do you consider yourself spontaneous or a planner? Man, that's... Um, I feel like that's a loaded question. Um, yeah. No, no, no. It's not bad. It's just I, I, I can't answer it without being um, both sides of the statement. Um, I would like to say spontaneous because uh, the way that the philosophy of my band is, uh, we've always, you know, gone gone in the mindset of the band can can 
literally end at any moment. Like uh, tomorrow, uh, literally, literally tonight, I could get a message from one of the boys like, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Um, we, all, we all have that understanding where um, if that's, you know, that's the case, the, the band could end tomorrow. Um, and we kind of, you know, try to play that way. We try to play every show like it could, this could be the last show. So go have a good time show, uh, play every show like it's the last show. Um, so in that aspect, I would like to tell you that a lot of things happen very spontaneously, uh, even writing. Um, a lot of the times, especially last night, I noticed uh, I tend to not have, an, have a, a riff until I'm pushed to being almost uh, very anxious with the guys where they, they really start having to to get on my last nerve. And that's when I tend to come up with um, the, the riff that works the best uh, because I, I, I start getting anxiety or I start getting nervous or I start getting feeling like I'm, I'm pushed in the corner. So that spontaneous riff comes out and that ends up being like, yo, that, because it, it's like my nerves are kind of shot and that's the idea that came out. Um, right. Now that being, now all that being said, um, the other side of that and the other side of being in, in a band in 2019, you have to come up with a billion kinds of content and you have to come up with so many things and so many ideas that I really don't have a choice but to plan ahead. Um, so song ideas, uh, song titles, um, video concepts, uh, guitar playthrough. You and I have been going back and forth about guitar playthrough videos and drum playthrough videos and, um, you know, the album ideas and things like that. I've been sitting on stuff like this for like a year. Yeah. Um, and then when, when Chris has to do her side of the job, she needs it, you know, f she would prefer it three to four months ahead of time so she can do her side which means there's even more um, planning ahead that has to be done. Uh, I Like I said, I, I wish I could tell you everything is spontaneous, but I think, there's a, I think there's a half and half to the formula where the creative part tends to be very spontaneous and the show part tends to be very spontaneous, but a lot of the not fun business part of band uh, life is very thought out. Right. Um, the uh, the creative side of my brain can spark uh, literally any time. Uh, I have my luckily I have my phone on me. I have uh, notepads on me around at all times because I can think of something that can that can uh, that can be a song title or a song idea or a guitar riff, and it can be very spontaneous. Um, but as far as, like I said, as far as the business side, as far as getting all this crap that has to go along with being a band right now, um, it's very not spontaneous. It's very not fun right now, to be 100% honest. Um, it, it's, it's a lot... M I'm noticing, especially now, and that's something I wanted to bring up, I'm noticing, especially now, you have to be uh, a, uh, a chef with many hats. Um, yeah, yeah, you have to be a jack of all trades. Where '80s, early and '90s, you could just be a musician. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a there's a there's a particular comedian that we follow 
uh, Gabriel Iglesias, who who does a who who was doing an interview and and said something to the the effect of, "I would rather put a comedian doing what comedians do. I don't like putting comedians on a TV show and then you see that his acting isn't so good or his writing isn't so good." Um, the problem is, as a musician in 2019, you don't have a choice. You can't just be a musician. No. You have to be a musician. You have to be a video editor. You have to be a content creator. You have to be a publicist. You have to be a, a writer. You have to be 17 things. Um, you, somebody gave me a great example about a chef going to chef school to learn to cook. He didn't go to chef school to learn how to open a restaurant. Right. Right. Exactly. Just because you're a chef doesn't mean you know how to run a restaurant. Uh, it, you, I get you're in the food world, but that doesn't mean that you can do ev- you can do both jobs. Right, exactly. And it's, that kind of circles. Oh, sorry. No, 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 go ahead. It's one aspect of it's like the umbrella. It's only like one, like um, spool of the umbrella. Like in order to do restaurant, you have to have so many other things. You have to be a business person. You have to be able to know. The ins and out. The best advice somebody said is like, if you wanted to do a, a restaurant, go work for somebody. Make all the mistakes that you would make on their dime versus making it on, because then you're not foolishly um, wasting money because you didn't know. You make your mistakes doing it with others, and then you do your own. If that makes sense. Right, exactly. I, I I think that's that's a good idea, and I mean this kind of circles back to where we started the the podcast with the the internet and everything else. It's it's made you know opening the door for exposure you know there, but you know you still have to be your own promoter to some degree, your own manager and everything else, as well as being a musician. You have to be a business person to, you know, find, you know, either a label or, you know, if you're going to self-promote or whatever, whatever the deal is, you got to be a business person yourself too. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, the internet has helped make that possible, I think, to some degree. So, yeah. And, and like, it's, like you said, it, it, uh, I think there's, um, there's aspects that I feel like it's helped, and there's aspects that I feel like it's hurt. Um, I don't, I like, for someone like me where my brain is going a million miles per hour, uh, basically all the time, it, it makes me start feeling like, well, if I focused on one thing, I could do one thing right. Exactly. But I have, I have to focus on 17 things, plus what my bandmates are doing, Plus, how my personal life is doing, and something's going to suffer. Right. You know, so uh, th- um, there. I wish this. I wish. I wish I answered your question in uh, a short form that could have made this easier. But you just opened a, a massive can of worms in my brain, where it's like. Um, Everything's kind of kind of uh, brain vomit right now. It was it was intended. It was that was that was calculated. That's why it took so long to find a question for you. Because <laughs> like because here's the thing with like and I, I'll do my best to relate this to some to to I'll do my best to relate this to your situation, Larry. And this isn't this is just what what I would see. Like imagine doing your job, your your normal everyday job. Your your so that's one aspect. You're being a husband. That's another aspect. Right. You're being a father. That's another aspect. 
you're being a guitarist, that's another aspect, then you're a bandmate, that's another aspect, and then add all that into trying to be successful in any one of those areas. So something else is going to suffer. Right. Now, add on to that, say, say you want to take the band seriously and you want to do music seriously, so now you have to add on being a manager, a promoter, a publicist, a writer, a producer, an engineer, um, and then you have to add on your practice time, your, your gear time, your, your overall knowledge. All those aspects start adding up. Yeah. That's my brain all the time. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, and I, mine works the same way for all the things that, you know, you said. It's the same thing. I mean, it's just, you know, you got to be a jack of all trades to be able to function, you know, doing really anything you like, but, you know, music specifically. Right. You know, so, so it just, it just, like I said, it's hard to find, uh, it's hard to find a balance. Yeah. Um, I, I, I really don't, I really don't know how certain professional musicians make it work but then i also think of like they don't have to worry about working a regular job because their regular job already is music right but it's also unsure you know as far as money so so yeah like i said the um i forget i forget who i forget who who said something where where it was uh every everybody wants to be the man until they see what it takes to be the man. Right. Exactly. So there's a lot more stress behind things that, you know, we don't really necessarily see. We just see the glory parts of it, but there's more that goes into that grind without a doubt. Right. Right. Yeah, it's that's there's a there's a Chris brought up a good one that there's a there's a great picture of the iceberg where where you only see the top of it and you don't see how much is under the water and how much work went on. Right. You just see the see the top of it. Exactly. Um, it's it's very true and it's very it's very uh it's very taxing on the mind it's very taxing on on uh i would say a, a weaker person's soul oh um, yeah without a doubt yeah yeah uh, definitely but yeah I, I mean i hate to bring you down but like i said that's what that's my that's my my brain 6 days of the week well is, I'll, is, I'll tell you i'm sure that uh most people listening to some degree of musicians or whatever can agree on some level yeah. So that's very relatable. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think um I think that was a good note to end on. What a dark podcast we had. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a very real I think it was a very real podcast this time around. It was very real. <laughs> <laughs> um so I think that's it for 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 this episode. Yep. Uh yeah, thank you for listening and please make sure you keep up on like I said, we're on Bandcamp, which is keepchugging.bandcamp.com. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on uh, Apple iTunes podcast site, whatever their app is. I forget what it's called. No, I um, think it's Apple Cast, something like that. Uh, yeah, I, I got the email know. and I forgot I what have, it was. I don't have Apple, so I don't know. Yeah. We're on uh, there, though. <laughs> and then, obviously, uh, Instagram. Instagram, Facebook. At Keep Chugging Podcast. Uh, Facebook is Keep Chugging Podcast. Uh, if you've made it this far, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's nothing short of ear rape there. 
So episode twenty five coming six, to an end. Six, six, twenty six. Oh I, Jesus, I, I, I can't even count. That's what I said in the beginning. We can't count, dude. You can't count. You yeah, got to go to work I, but, right now. I, we can't count, and we're musicians. I, I can't know. count. Four. <laughs> I know. Jesus. Well, that's what it is. I stop at four. Yeah. Somewhere five, maybe five. Sometimes. <laughs> Do you want to make it odd? It's eight. It's nine over eight. Oh, there you go. Now that's odd. <laughs> Oh, Prague next po- next podcast. Prague next, the Prague the Prague cast. The no, prog we're supposed cast. to do boners and biceps. Oh, dude, boners and biceps. That's true. Okay, next okay. next podcast twenty seven boners and biceps. Progressive boners and biceps. <laughs> oh God, nine over <laughs> eight. You figure out which bigger. is which. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye. Thank you. <laughs>